Welcome back to Behind the Business Curtain. I am your host, Ryan Hansen, and today we are joined by Andrew Cordell, author, serial entrepreneur, uh, founder of Masterminds and all things good for our uh, topic here. So I very much look forward to this conversation, and I hope you will also. Let's do it. Mr. Cordell, thank you for joining me. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. Love life. This is uh, going to be a fun conversation. As I was doing my homework, I found all sorts of stuff that you are involved in, and uh, I'm not even sure where to start, so let's just go from the <laughs> beginning. <laughs> where were you, you uh, before your business journey? Where were you in like, high school? Uh, I was born down in um, Georgia. That's where okay. my family's from. I got a great family. Uh, grew up with a great family life that I wouldn't trade for anything. Grew up poor. My parents were school teachers. Both of them were. Um, so we didn't have a lot of money, um, but had a great family life. And, and that's more important than money, in my opinion. And uh, so that's where I, I grew up at and then uh, moved out to Chicago uh, to go to college to become a school teacher. And then from there, quickly realized, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And kind of started my entrepreneur of uh, my journey of entrepreneurship. What was the first venture you got into? I've seen that you've written books on real estate. Was that your foot in the yeah. door with business? Uh, no, not real estate. When I was in college, I uh, I had no money, as as broke as could be, and I started a um, uh, long story short, I started a window cleaning company. Okay, uh, uh, for my dorm room, and uh, from my kind of end of my freshman year, beginning of my sophomore year, all the way to when I graduated, um, I had it uh, started at zero and had it at about a million dollars a year. Uh, window cleaning when I was in a dorm room in college off of a Blackberry. Um, and, you know, for a college student, make having a revenue of a million bucks while going on dates and, and hanging out nonstop <laughs> was incredible. I had, I had uh, three uh, kind of full-time employees yeah. and I literally made money 24 hours a day. It was one of the, one of the highlights of my life. I still look, I still look back at, I had a morning shift guy, uh, an evening shift guy and then a night shift crew and 24 hours a day. I made money in college and I graduated. Uh, I finished my degree, although I knew I was not going to become a teacher. Um, I have this u- unique thing. I have a, I can't quit. And so I still had to go finish it. And I did. And the whole time um, I was doing window cleaning, I knew I wanted more. And yeah. um, I through people that I was networking with talking to, that's what led me into real estate. And so as soon as I graduated real est- uh, high school, I mean, a college, I immediately uh, got into real estate. And then I did about a thousand real estate deals, transactions um, for the next maybe uh, about 10 years of my life. Uh, yeah. Thereabouts, did about a thousand different real estate deals. And that's a good run. Yeah. Leading out to new stuff. Outstanding. And so that led you to take that experience and then write your books, right? Uh, yeah, what happens I, after the bubble? Yeah, I wrote a. I wrote a, uh, sorry, writing books. And obviously when you're doing that many deals, um, that industry starts following you and starts asking a lot of questions. And so that led me into becoming a public speaker. Uh, I started getting booked around the nation to come and speak and train and teach. And then I was like, oh, hey, all my teaching degree is going to pay off again. Yippee. And, uh, and so I uh, started teaching and from about, uh, I got recruited from another uh international company to be a uh, public speaker in 2000 and like, I don't know, 15 ish, I think it was. 
And then from 2015 to 2020, for about five years, uh, I was a public um, speaker and I traveled the whole world um, yeah. speaking. Uh, made a, as far as pure profit, that was probably one of my best things I ever did. I mean, it was 30 to 50 grand per, per weekend. I'd go out every weekend and every weekend they'd pay me, depending on what, how big the crowd and so forth, I'd make 30 to $50,000 in on the weekend. Uh, pure profit, no overhead. Just yeah, of I had course. to show up. COVID hit, and you know, throughout through all that, I was doing a bunch of other stuff as well. But you know, those, those years there, but that was that's kind of the main thing I was doing at the time. And through there, um, COVID hit, which in one weekend I went from I was booked out for the entire year of 2020. COVID hit in January. By March, every um, event, live event out there that I was at speaking at was canceled. Ouch. And, and so in March, obviously, there was no more speaking. Um, and as an entrepreneur, it's just, okay, cool. What's the next opportunity? And then that led me into more opportunities. Um, and I, I launched the Money is Show about a year before that. And I said, okay, well, I'm going to do this, do this for now and see what happens. And um, launched the Money is Show, got deep into Car Champs. That's where Car Champs was birthed. Yeah. I, mean, I think Car Champs is a... Uh, not just me, but my my business partners. We we think it's a billion dollar sell off um, shortly, and and so Car Champs was born from there. Uh, Money is Show was really launched in COVID, as well as uh, Power Room, uh, which is our high level, high net worth um, um, CEO mastermind. Right, it was launched in in the middle of COVID as well. So opportunities, failures, and 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 um, setbacks always lead to opp- more opportunities. It's just how you look at it, how you view it. I love it. So I want to step back and kind of go in order here. Let's uh, tell me briefly your journey in starting a podcast. What was that like? Obviously, I'm a big fan of podcasting and the platform and it's growing. What's something that caught you off guard as you started to uh, grow your audience on a podcast? Um, I'll give you a, give you a good and a bad. Okay. Um, a bad was how much... Uh, time and money I was about to go spend. I didn't see that because of how I do my podcast. So let me, I guess let me put context around it. How so, yeah, tell podcast. me more about that. Because, uh, you know, my podcast is uh, in-person only. So mm-hmm. to be on my show, you have to fly to my office uh, to be on our on my show. And then we have a massive studio um, um, that we built out. So it's a full like TV set, uh, our podcast is. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, between that and then the team that I hired and the editors and switcher boards and cameras and angles and lights, you know, it was a million dollar expense for me to launch, you know, that I'm probably into my show at right now. That's um, huge. Uh, let's let's not glance over the fact that you <laughs> are also having heavy hitter guests. I mean, Kevin O'Leary, Grant Cardone. Yeah, so, that's an impressive yeah, lineup. That was... Um, that was probably the point I was going to bring up uh, what I didn't expect as a, as a positive, you know, when I said to my uh, show, my podcast, it, you know, when I did it, um, I met with a bunch of podcasters and said, Hey, you know, what, what do you got going on? Why do you do it? What's the purpose? You know, just getting data, you know, from people who yeah. were doing it at the time and was looking for good and bad. And, um, basically a common denominator that I found at the time was that everybody that I talked to all had whatever their genre was. They all had these like, you know, wish list of guests that they wanted to get on their show. 
Of course. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and I'm like, you know, whoever it was, right, in, in business or whatever they did. And I was like, well, have you have you booked any of them yet? And they're like, no, no, we haven't booked any of them yet. I'm like, okay, well, how long have you been doing your podcast? And they're like, oh, three and a half years or two years or whatever the number was. I'm like, whoa. And in my head, I'm thinking, wait a second. If all these podcasters that I'm going to go start this podcast, they all want to interview these certain people that, you know, are in their genre. And these guys have been doing it sometimes for two, three, four, five years and have never even got to them yet. I'm like, crap, that sounds like a horrible plan for me. Um, yeah. And so I went to my team and said, hey, you know, what if we flip the whole thing on its head? What if instead of let's doing a podcast for three years or four years to try to get to in my genre, Gary Vee, Grant Cardone, Kevin Leary, um, what if we started with those? Like what would happen if we started a podcast and we started with those as our as our first guest? Yeah. And which is stupid probably and unheard of. And my team looked at me like, what the hell are you talking about? You haven't even done a podcast. Like, how can you go to Gary V and say, will you be on my podcast? By the way, I've done zero podcast. Right. And uh, I said, Hey, look, there's a way. And I think this is our, our angle. I don't know. I don't, I didn't know where it was going to lead. I thought maybe honestly, when I was doing it, I thought maybe uh, that it would lead into maybe some uh, business relationships with mm-hmm. Gary or Grant or, or Kevin Leary. Cause I sat down and said, who's the top three. And it was Gary Grant and Kevin Leary in my genre in that order. And so I said, I, you know, maybe if I got to them and was able to spend time with them in person um, that maybe I could get some, you know, we could grow some business together. It's that, a networking tool. No I doubt. Thinking, right? Yep. And um, I, we, we eventually booked them. And my very first podcast I ever shot was with Gary V. I would tell you <laughs> that's insane, uh, man. <laughs> it's insane. Like yeah. it doesn't even make sense. It was a horrible podcast from my perspective in the fact of uh, I had no idea how to interview someone. I had no idea. You know, I was just going to go there and you know just talk business. And um, you know, for looking back on it, that was definitely kind of like a oh man, I could do a lot better if I knew what I knew now. But I went and shot Gary V. Number one. Uh, Grant Cardone was my second podcast and uh, Kevin Larry is my third podcast. And I, all those were in-person interviews that I did with him. Outstanding. And yeah. um, I got, so I, w- w- what I didn't see coming, I got no business from any of them. Like none of us have ever done a deal together. Um, and I was, uh, you know, I was kind of like discouraged by that. I was like, oh man, dude, like nothing. It cost me a lot of money, by the way. And I'm like, man, nothing came of that. Um, <clears throat> and so um, I kept, obviously I kept moving forward. What happened though was you know we kind of shot a sizzle reel of who i've had on the show and put it out there and dude i i've had uh, <laughs> i have never ever 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 lacked for guest appearances on my show uh it is a waiting list of of a very long time it, you know if you qualify there's still a waiting list yeah. Uh, to be on my show. And we're booked months and months and months in advance right now on my show of, of only high level, high successful uh, CEO entrepreneurs, multimillion dollar, you know, people, NFL athletes. Um, I just interviewed Mike Tyson uh, on the pot, on the show. Um, you know, uh, so what, what was came of it that I didn't see coming was all the opportunities that I was going to have from it. Yeah. Um, so that was a, and, and, and through those, interviews i've done millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars of business from those interviews fantastic you said you were going to give me a negative too 
Uh, well, the negative uh, that I was talking about was I didn't see, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't truly know how much money I was. About oh, to, yeah, yeah, that's right. On it, you know, because you just think of podcasts is like, hey, you know, we could probably do this for like, you know, I don't know, three, four grand, and we could get going, and you can, you, you, you really can, sure. But my brain was like, oh, no, 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 man, we need a studio, and it just kept growing and growing, and it's like, okay, well, now we need camera guys, now we need a full time booking agent, now we need a green room, now we need to design the green room. And, you know, it, it, I'm a million dollars in right now that I didn't see that piece of it coming. Um, obviously, I could have adjusted that. Um, but that would maybe be one of the negatives uh, that kind of came from it, if you will, uh, from it. But honestly, yeah. it, it's pretty much all positive. I can list you tons of positives that have came from doing a podcast. If you're not doing a podcast right now and you're in a business and, and you want to get your name out and meet other people, do podcasting is a home run. Home run if you go do it. I completely agree. I, yeah, I work for both a software and a, a software company and a marketing agency. And yeah. it's, it's a, a no brainer for me to, and this is like a plan that I'm working on to build a co working space that has that, uh, built in like a badass studio. You got the mics, you just show up and do it. And if they need help, like with the content or learning how to interview or anything, like just run that rent out yeah. that space and uh because i don't want to drop a million dollars of my own to do that if i had it <laughs> so um, I have a buddy but it'll be a I fun can, business yeah i have a buddy i could connect you with um he's actually one of my business partners uh, his name's eddie and he literally uh run uh, just opened his second location of what you just talked about it's like a co-work space yeah for podcaster podcasters videographers um he owns a coffee uh, uh, shop, and he's beside it. He just said, "Hey, I'm going to open up this media-like, you know, company, and uh, it, it's a co-work space where you can come in, and shoot podcasts, you can shoot videos. There's green screens, there's you know, camera angles, there's LED walls uh, in it, and uh, you, you can pay a membership or one-time fees." That's uh, amazing. You want me to, I'm happy, to, happy to introduce you to him. Yeah, that'd be great because I'm out there pitching podcast services all the time, basically doing the content stacking. Actually, okay, last question on the podcasting. Yeah. Uh, my idea of content tacking is taking an episode, it could be 15, 20 minutes, whatever, and mm. turn that into 15 different pieces of content. Just like the Gary Vee model, right? It's a blog, yeah. it's 10 tweets, it's three LinkedIn things, and you just blast it out there. What do you do to promote the podcast? Obviously, with A-list guests, it's less important than somebody who's trying to grassroots it. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things there. One, one piece I tell you uh, that I, it took me a lot of freaking money to learn was the Gary V model, um, which is, you know, it was all about like uh, document everything, document, 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 you know, don't create, just document. And, you know, he's at, um, oh, what's his name? Um, D-Rock. Um, oh, yeah. Um, that's his video, full-time video guy, et cetera. Right. And so he goes everywhere with him. So I hired a full-time camera guy that, I met at my office at, you know, nine o'clock in the morning and he mic'd me up and, and literally was on a gimbal uh, nine hours a day with me and recorded everything that I basically did all day long. And every meeting that I went to, he was just recording. And um, uh, that was absolutely horrible, dude. That was, that was <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that was such a waste of freaking money to document, you know, my entire day before, you know, several months into it, we had just you know hundreds and hundreds of hours of video yeah uh, but now you know someone's got to go edit that and then watch all of it and then cut that down into pieces and and so forth now could it be done yes it could be done 
I guess you probably do it now uh, where, where I'm at now with, with the team and knowing what I know now. Um, but you know what Gary, not that he's doing anything wrong, but what he, he's not mentioning is how many staff members he has working on all of his social media. When I went to his office, there's an entire section of cubicles. That's just like LinkedIn, right. TikTok, yep. editors, copywriters, photographers, just, and it's his personal social media team. And I don't know the exact number, but ballpark, I bet you there was probably 20 people there uh, in his cubicles right outside of his door of his office. Um, you know, that's kind of a piece that's not right now being, and again, I'm not saying he's not on purpose trying to do anything with it, yeah, but yeah. you know, it's piece that's not being shown. And it's just like, Oh, just document everything. Well, it was like, bro, uh, you know, we we're starting off PR you teams, have have all <laughs> yeah. this money and all this staff to go do that. The, the small piece that, that I think he, maybe accidentally or leaves out again, not, not vindictively, but as I watched him and as I was there and as I looked back on it and as I've hired all this stuff would be um, document uh, with purpose. So like right now I'm shooting this podcast. I shoot Thursdays are all day podcast. This is my yeah. fourth one today, back to back to back to back. I got uh, one more after this one. And so my Thursdays every single week are booked out with podcast. Yeah. I'm sitting in my office right now. And you would you would probably geek out if you were here. People stop by all the time. In my ceiling, um, there are hanging about nine different cameras from my ceiling on retractable up and down um, cameras. Um, and right beside me, you can see this. This is a mic, but this is yep. actually hanging from the ceiling, whoop, right from my office. So, and then to my right, you can't see it over here, but I have a full time camera guy on a switcher board. Uh, is it ten stack or twelve stack switcher? Uh, 10 uh, stack switcher board. Yeah. So what happens now is um, Thursday is our content day. And so I go on all these podcasts to try to help entrepreneurs with whatever they're working on. It doesn't matter to me. And my camera guy sitting up here with nine different cameras uh, on a switcher board, uh, switching back and forth to get different angles. And then he's time stamping all the different pieces that I'm yeah. saying. And then, you know, for t per podcast, we probably create about, uh, a dozen or so um, content clips yeah. from a podcast. If I do five today, which I will, um, we'll create 60 to 70 clips today alone. Incredible. So as we did that, it's like, oh, okay, well, wait a second. Now we can, instead of just posting this clip on Instagram, same clip on Facebook, same clip on uh, you know TikTok, et cetera. Now it gave us the ability to say, dude, we have so much content now that is actually edited and done. Yeah, that we're able to now distribute every day multiple clips on multiple sites that are never the same that just rotate through all. So it 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 appears to say the use or the viewer um, very Gary V like because all my content is different on every platform every day right now. Yeah, that's fantastic. See, I'm proud of myself if I get five pieces of content, but I'm manually doing it myself. So we'll get there yeah. one day. <laughs> this is great. All right, then on that note, give me a soundbite for somebody who's starting a podcast and wants to grow it. Um, just a simple word of wisdom. Where do they start on that journey? Um, I, I would say as best as you can in any business, you try to figure out, you know, what, what, are, what are you trying to uh, get out of this podcast? Like, what is the real purpose of what you're trying to accomplish by doing this podcast. And, yeah. in, and it may change over time, right? It doesn't have to be the same thing forever. Um, but I would try to say, understand what you wanted. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. 
what I really wanted from the, when I started my podcast was I wanted to um, meet and have personal, create personal relationships with my guests that I interviewed, which is why even when I interviewed Gary Grant and Kevin, yeah, I went in person to interview them. It was not done on a zoom. Um, and there's nothing wrong with zoom, but just for what I was looking for out of launching my podcast, I wanted to try to build relationships. And so because I knew that, um, and that was one of my big things I wanted. I've always kept uh, my um, podcast always in, live. It's always in person. Um, and, and there's no Zoom ever that I've ever done one time for any guest, anytime, anywhere. Um, and I've actually turned down some pretty big guests. because. But I'm like, no, because if I do it once, then everybody's going to want to do it. Yeah. But because I knew that what I really wanted out of my podcast was real deep relationships, when I brought up to the office to do the podcast, we were able to create an insane amount of relationships. Yeah. Um, every person that comes to my office, we spend about five hours with them on a podcast. Now the podcast, we only last an hour, but we have green room prep stuff, um, business stuff. We go over a tour. We go over, um, and then the podcast and then wrap Phenomenal. up stuff. Yeah. So it's like a five hour experience that you're on, uh, when you come on my podcast. So I'd say if you're starting off, just figure out what is your real objective you're trying to do for it. Another one that you can start off with is just the real objective is to um, get, create brand awareness. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're creating brand awareness, then go on Zoom because you're able to do a lot more podcasts, quicker podcasts, faster right. podcasts, create more brand awareness for way cheaper um, than in-person stuff. So I'd say if you're trying to start one, figure out what you really are trying to get out of it right now because it'll help direct where, where you should go. And the last thing I would say, just as a note, I would say go get on Guestio. <laughs> My... Uh, my buddy owns that company, uh, Travis. Travis uh, Chapel. Hey, my software company built that. No way, dude. Yeah. Get, uh, yeah buildonline.io. Great. Yep. All, all right, dude. Yeah, I have to tell you about uh, software stuff. I got a ton of uh, software uh, plays we're doing right now. Um, Travis That'd be amazing. Is yep. Now you got He's a guy. My- See, networking <laughs> accomplished. <laughs> there you go. You're watching it live of how podcasts work, right? Yeah. Um, uh, I, I guess it was fantastic. Too. Yes. Because if you, especially if you're new to it, it just gets you um, publicity and you can pay a small fee and get booked and booked and booked or book people. So to me, if I was starting off, those are things that I would do right away. Figure out what you really want out of it to make sure you make the right decisions of how you do your podcast and then jump on Guestio to start booking or being booked. Yep. So first place to land that I tell people is go to Buzzsprout. There's so many checklists on what, to, what gear to get, how to get started and all of that. Yeah. And then, yeah, Guestio to connect to guests. Once the once the trickle starts, they'll come to you. It you 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 can stop prospecting and and it works. Then you get to filter out. So that's fantastic. Um, I want to respect your time. I don't want to forget to mention. Obviously, you have the mastermind. I don't think most of yeah. my audience is at that position quite yet, but we'll get there. Um, yeah. The your your um, your card company. Your your latest yeah. endeavor. Just uh, briefly tell us about that and what what bottlenecks are you trying to work through right now? So you know I'm a serial entrepreneur, right? So we we, we own uh, like I said, I think 20, 23 different companies right now, and and it's about choosing uh, what company to get into and then mm-hmm. what company's scalable, right? You get to a certain point. We 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 do over a billion dollars a year in revenue right now between all the companies, and so you know it's easy for us to go start a company, but it sounds bad, but it's like, okay. In meetings, we're like, okay, but if we build that, it's a cool idea. Yes, we could do it, but it's only going to make like $2 million. It's probably not worth it for us right now. Right? Yeah. One thing that I look at as an entrepreneur is I'm always studying the market and where the pain points are. 
of things that I love. So here's how I do it. Uh, uh, three words, um, inspire, impact, influence. So inspire simply means I go, I spend time on the things that I love to go do. Like just personally as, as me, Andrew, like what do I love to go do? Yeah. And when I go spend time in those arenas, whatever that is, uh, in, in this example, I, uh, during when COVID hit, I got deep into the, the baseball card, sports card world again. And, um, you know, I, I used to trade them at recess all the time. Of course. And now it's like this whole new industry that's there and it's, and it's turned into like massive investments now. And it's, it's no longer about collecting. It's more about flipping and making money. It's, um, the sneaker game on steroids uh, of, of what you can do inside of it. And so, but as I got into it, I, I just realized, okay, I love doing this. Therefore <laughs> I don't mind spending time in it. And then I started looking for opportunity. Where, where is this industry lacking at right now? Where is it struggling at right now? Where's the, where's the opportunity inside of what I currently love doing? Yeah. And I saw massive opportunity um, because the card game was kind of uh, um, the card values have, has outgrown the, market industry, if you will. And so okay. we, we dropped, um, actually from a guy on my podcast, again, goes back to networking. A guy came on my podcast. He runs about a billion dollar fund and me and him started talking. It comes to find out he's, he loves sports cards and we went back and forth. And then he, we're like, dude, let's go partner on this. Here's my idea. I said, here's what I'm looking at. And he's like, dude, let's go do that. I'm all in. And so, uh, he has funded all of it. I spent yeah. zero money on it. And we're probably, I bet you we're close to 2 million into it right now. And we launched this software uh, at building it out and we're launching on um, June 1st. We're actually launching the software. I ended up partnering with uh, some massive card dudes inside of it. Um, uh, strategic partnerships. I didn't need their money, but I needed, I wanted their contacts because yeah. they were some of the biggest card players in the world right now. And uh, I, I networked and networked and networked until I got to where I could have a meeting with them and then I didn't pitch them what I had. Um, it just casually was kind of brought up uh, through another person that knew I was doing this. They knew that guy. And then it was like, Oh, well, let me see it. And I was like, Oh, hold on. And I showed it to him and that was it. He was like, dude, he said, yeah. I I've seen probably 200 plus softwares that people are trying to pitch me. And he's like, uh, all cards on the table. This is the best thing I've ever seen. I'm all in. Tell me what you want from me. I want to own part of it with you. Yeah. I think we'll sell it for $1 to $3 billion in a couple of years. So how do I be a part of it? And that was it, dude. From that moment, poof, skyrocketed. And now we're about to launch, man. It's But but again, it's not about sports cards. I don't want the listeners or viewers to think that. Oh, I hear you. I hear you loud and clear. It's it's, it's the idea. entrepreneurship, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding how entrepreneurship works. And again, that's why I go always back to my three things. Inspire, impact, influence. So inspire spend time on doing what you love because that's where you're going to find the most passion and the most opportunity because you see it differently than everybody else sees it. You yeah. see, if you love dogs. Okay. We'll go spend time with that because you look at dogs differently than maybe I look at dogs or the yeah. other person looks at dogs. Maybe we look at it as a pet or maybe the other person's like, I don't want dogs in my house, but you love it. So you look at it differently. You see things that we don't see, you know, the market differently than, than I know the market. Mm -hmm. Impact is what I did with the net, how I, how I network my way up into getting what I, what I knew was a perfect team impact was, um, I got my partner on the show and, um, not that I, I didn't know he was, was a card person or had interest in it, but while he was here, what I try to do is impact that person and impact just means I go very deep 
in the relationship, but it's narrow. I mean, I can't impact everybody, but I yeah. can really, really deep and, and try to add value and, and create um, opportunity for that person, whether it benefits me or not. Um, but I, I just try to help them. And that's what I did. Uh, we didn't partner on day one. Um, it was probably six or eight months later of that uh, me just doing stuff, uh, you know, adding value and bringing them this and, and showing them this and whatever it was that I could do. Um, and then um, the other guy that I partnered with, um, that was a huge card guy. Um, I found out what circles he ran in. I found connections of connections that knew a person. And I started at the freaking bottom, basically. And slowly, in about a year, slowly added value to that person. And then that person said, oh, let me introduce this person. I added value to that person. Uh, introduce this person. And then I about, and it took me a year of straight giving. Eventually, um, I got invited to a dinner party with a guy. And uh, that's where I first met him at. And it was casually brought up then. And then um, uh, I was doing an event and I said, hey, man, why don't, know, why don't I have you come out and speak at it? And so he's like, OK, cool. And it wasn't even a sports card event. It had nothing to do with sports yeah. cards whatsoever. Um, and he came out and spoke at it, which gave us the opportunity to sit down, which then he said, after I had added all this value to him, he's like, hey, show me that thing. That I heard you got a card thing you're working on. I was yeah. like, oh, OK, here, I said to you. Boom. Closed. So, again, as an entrepreneur, inspire, do what you love. Impact people's lives because as you impact their lives, add value to them. They were always there's always a reciprocal benefit for you. Um, and then the last one is influence, which just means use what you have your your strengths to influence the your your your, your staff, your team, your community, your your church, whatever it is, your 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 world for a better place, man. I, as an entrepreneur, I, I take it as a personal responsibility um, of, of capitalism with a heart. Um, uh, or cause capitalism as one of my buddies calls it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I take it personal of what can I do more to make this place better? I want, I, without getting into politics, I want less government and more um, capitalists with the right um, heart and drive and, and motive to help yeah. people. Um, we are the greatest asset that's ever been created as humans. Um, we don't need government overreach telling us how to go do things. We're pretty good at doing things, man. I agree. That's fantastic. Uh, I love everything that you just said. I'm sure the audience is going to enjoy that as well. So um, to respect your time, we're going to close up. All right, we're going to jump into the speed round. There we have it. So these are simple questions I ask all of the guests that come on. Uh, What is one thing that business people and entrepreneurs should stop wasting time on? Other people's opinions. Ooh. Irrelevant. Irrelevant, my friend. You're going to get canceled. Yeah. <laughs> what is one thing that you hate doing, but you have to do anyway? Operations. Mm. Um, most entrepreneurs, myself included, are massive visionaries. And we, we struggle with day-to-day operations. And um, I, I have, I've obviously, I, I've hired people to go do operations. But sure. there's still pieces I have to be involved in that I don't like. But I have to be a part of it. Uh, I wish I could spend all my time just being a visionary and creating new stuff, but I have to come back and be part of the day-to-day. So that's the things that I hate, though. Somebody's got to keep the train on the rails. Yeah. I hear you. Uh, How do you take in new information? Is that books, audiobooks, podcasts? Um, For me, it's it's two things. Number one, it's actually – I'm going to say the word podcast, but uh, it's actually my own podcast, meaning when I interview people – um, when I interview these people, man, it's insane. I learned so much. It's like, I've told people before, it's like a live book 
uh, knowledge that's just this person sharing with me right now. It's like so cool, man. Uh, yeah. So I love when I interview people on my podcast. I learn so, so much. It's straight educational for me. And then secondly is also podcast. Uh, me listening to other people's podcasts. Yeah. There's certain ones that I, in phases of life, I go through of where I want to put some time at growing or whatever it is that I will um, uh, listen to podcasts myself. Um, I used to be a big, big, big reader, but sorry, this is going to mess up your speed round, but I want to try to help your your people for a while, for a second. Uh, There was almost this guilt about reading books that was like always pushed on me and um, of like, uh, you know, readers are leaders and, and you have to read, you have, you know, you got to learn and, and constantly be reading. And, and, and I don't disagree with you. You have to constantly be learning. That is like, that is a must, but there was almost like this guilt of like, you have to read all these books. And so it was like, people were posting on Instagram, you know, the, all these books and stacks of books. I'm like, Oh my God, I gotta yeah. just start reading. How to speed read reading. or yeah, I was yeah. reading and reading and reading, but it was almost like I was reading just to say, I've read these books and a while back, man, I stopped the reading. And I said, okay, look, people are different. Humans are different. We consume information differently. Yeah. I'm tired of getting like guilt shamed into, I have to go read books because of a post I can make on social media about the newest book I'm reading on the beach. It's like, I consume information differently than other people, right? So people like to yeah. watch it, read it, listen to it, whatever it is. And so for me, just, I'm going to put that out there. And when I, when I still read books, but when I read books now, I read books with intent. I used to set goals like I got to read one book a week. I got to read, you know, uh, uh, five chapters a day, whatever it was. Um, and I, I, I stopped that now. And now when I do read, and I still read, um, I read in, until I until I get to the point where I learn, I'm learning something. I don't care if it's one page. As yeah. soon as the book is like triggering my brain into, oh, hey, you need to go look at this, do this, implement this, learn more about this. Okay, that's, that's exactly what I want on this book. It wasn't to read it to read it. I was reading to learn. Uh, yep. But in the past, I would just skim through all that stuff because I'm like, haha, look at these five books I read this month. You're an idiot because you don't read books. <laughs> I'll add one more element to that, um, especially in the business world. Uh, things are moving so fast, like good freaking luck finding a book worth its salt on NFTs. Like Metaverse. an entire new thing just happened, you know, three days yeah. ago. By the time that book hits Amazon, it's already outdated and it's gone. Good like luck. this is obsolete information. I'm I'm with you. 100% right. Yep. All right. Next question. You get an hour with one person, dead or alive. Who is it? Uh, My father. Ah, He's alive. I, I, um, you know, my father's not a business owner. Uh, He's a, it was a school teacher, but uh, I've learned uh, the most uh, from him, from example, but also he's a teacher. And so as a teacher, he naturally was always teaching and guiding and, you know, the cool thing is I have spent hours that are alive with some cool or alive, I should say, with some really cool people. And I loved it, enjoyed it. And I get to do it all the time. But uh, nothing, again, is more important than family. Like, you know, I could spend an hour with Warren Buffett. Would I learn stuff? Of course. Would I probably make money? Yes. But why am I trying to make money? Yeah. Well, because I want to spend more time with my family. So if you ask me the question, if I could spend one hour with somebody, who would it be? It'd be the very reason of why I'm even in business, which is family. If it's not going to cost me anything. Okay, I'm going to go spend time with my family, which in that example would be my father. I can learn business the rest of my life. But one day uh, that, that, that conversation won't be there. That opportunity won't be there. And there'll be other great business leaders uh, after my father's passed away. There'll be other great leaders I can go learn from. Right now, I'll take, I'll take him. I love it. 
Wonderful answer. Um, we talked before, and uh, we're, I'm going to put the links down below, but yeah. folks can find you on Instagram at Andrew Cordell, C-O-R-D-L-E, and uh, andrewcordell.com, right? Yeah, both of those, just first, last name. And yeah, hit me up on, if you have questions, uh, just seriously, do DM me on Instagram, and I, I take time every night to answer entrepreneurs' DMs. I, I freaking love entrepreneurship, and if I can ever help, I, I, I sincerely have no problem doing it. I, I love it, man. I love it. I'll find you there. You'll see it. Big Pop Brewing is uh, if the follow. That's me. <laughs> I do. I love it, man. Andrew, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, great conversation. Good wisdom. Any parting words before we close it up today? I say love life, man. We're, we're here for um, a dash and that's it. You know, we're on, on the tombstone. Uh, you got the year you were born, 1982. There's a dash in the year that you died, whatever that year is, you know, 2080, whatever the year is. That dash represents your entire life, start to finish. It's what you do inside of those. the year you were born, the year that you die. It's all represented by a dash. So love life to the fullest. Produce as much as you can. Influence the world for good because it's just a dash on your tombstone. Make a difference, man. Beautifully said. Thank you, sir. Uh, I appreciate your time. Folks, that is it for today. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I did. Uh, You can connect with Andrew in the links down below or on Instagram, and I will catch you next time.